Hello and welcome to This Way to RL podcast. My name is Beth. This Way to RL is your roadmap, breadcrumbs, or if you prefer, red pill back to the real world. For those of you who are glued to your consoles, computers, or smartphones, join me as I talk about online gaming addiction. Welcome back, everybody. In this episode, I'm going to be focusing on the draw to online gaming. And I think it's different for everybody. For me, I know it's very dependent on what game I'm in. What draws me to an MMO is going to be very different than what draws me to a metaverse, for example. MMOs were enjoyable to me because I got to do quests and get a sense of accomplishment from completing them or crafting. I got a sense of accomplishment from crafting as well in the game. And sometimes a sense of creativity. And I could spend hours and hours questing and crafting. And I didn't really even need to interact with anyone in an MMO. I'd be very happy questing and crafting for hours by myself. I could go at my own pace. I could completely check out of my real life and just enjoy what seemed at the time to be a very meditative experience. But I think the draw was, aside from escape, definitely the sense of accomplishment. And I would go far as to say a false sense of accomplishment. Ironically, on the way home from work last night, I was listening to a podcast where the host was talking to a video game designer of one of the biggest gaming franchises ever known. And they were talking about this sense of accomplishment, not in those exact words, but definitely the same idea. And I was taken aback at how the two people were talking about how it was actually a real sense of accomplishment. And they're entitled to their opinion, but I think for me, you can't take that accomplishment that you acquire in a game and translate that to your real life in any meaningful way. In my experience, there's there's no carrying over what I do in a game to, say, increase my income or get me a better home to live in or better quality food to eat. And I do know that there are people that professionally play games, but I wasn't one of those people. And so... For me, whatever I acquired in a game stayed in the game. It wasn't ever something that I could bring into my real life and say, here, look what I did. People would look at me like I had 10 heads if I did that. I completed 10 quests today. Well, good for you. Like, what are you doing in your real life? You know? But... That's why I stayed in those games for as long as I did. It wasn't until, I want to say last summer, 
And I had a few friends that I had been hanging out from a different place online. And they asked me if I wanted to try this new MMO that had come out. And it had been a while since I had actually played an MMO. So I said, sure. I, I used to love playing with boyfriends or friends. So we went ahead and we started playing this game together. And the game itself was pretty poorly put together. And that was the consensus of everybody playing the game at the time, that it launched too soon, that it didn't have the same satisfaction attached to the questing. They made you run around everywhere to get to your quest, so it felt more like you were running around for the hours that you spent there rather than actually accomplishing anything. So the thing that would typically draw me to an MMO no longer worked here. But I realized what it did is it gave me a moment to really reflect on how I'm spending my time. And I needed that. I needed that moment to really be able to look at the situation objectively and say, what the heck am I doing? The other thing that began to happen in that game was noticing how aggressive some people get when they're playing an MMO, when they're in a dungeon, when they're doing anything competitively. There's a sort of unspoken acceptance of people being horrible to each other, belittling and demeaning each other in a gaming situation like a dungeon. And I saw this over the years throughout my MMO experience. Really angry, nasty, trolly type of people who essentially sought to abuse those that weren't performing up to the level they felt they should be performing. And it's funny how you start to notice stuff that before never, never really bothered you. I started to get really offended by this culture, this gaming culture. And I started to resent it because when I would shut the game down and just kind of sit there in my room and look around, I realized I was profoundly wasting my time. I was letting myself be abused by somebody online. And not only that, taking no value from it into the real world. Now that is just my experience. It's not everybody's experience, but I think if you play games long enough, you've experienced this sort of, or engaged in it yourself, verbally abusive behavior to another player. So that's the MMO experience. And now I want to kind of focus on my experience in a virtual world that is a completely different environment online. In this virtual world, to call it a game was offensive to some people because they really felt it was just an extension of their real lives. I put it in the category of metaverse. And if you don't know what a metaverse is, 
I encourage you to look up Meta, which formerly known as Facebook, and read about what Mark Zuckerberg is doing in that area. So the draw to that place wasn't apparent at first. It was a place where you could create a digital version of yourself. Or, as the years went on and the technology got better, you could make a completely new you or somebody completely different than you, visually represented. And in many, many cases, personality-wise as well. I got to meet people from all over the world in this virtual reality. People that I never would have met otherwise. And I formed quick friendships with people. A lot of it began with people teaching me how to operate in this virtual world, how to use the interface, and how to carry out some of the basic functions. But once I got my footing and once I understood the basics of it, I got into the shopping, I got into the virtual clubs, like music clubs. I got into talking with people and getting to know them, joining different groups and communities in this virtual world, and pretty quickly getting involved in a lot of the drama inherent in a place like this. But the draw for me there was certainly this sense of community that I did not have in the real world. I had friends, but not like this. In this virtual world, I could spend hours talking to somebody on voice and feeling like I've known them forever. Romance started very quickly in this particular place. And I think to get a sense of what I'm talking about, if this is foreign to you, is to look at something like IMVU, and you'll have an idea of what I'm talking about. That's not where I was, but it's similar. The concept, anyway, is similar. And I probably spent more time there than in any MMO, any single player, any simulation game I ever played. I was there predominantly all of the time. And the other games I would play on the side. I think the other draw to this virtual world was the economy that was put in place. I could buy $20 of real life, you know, of my real life money and get 5,000 of this digital currency or VR currency. And I could buy a whole wardrobe for that in this virtual world. 
I couldn't do it in my real life. In my real life, at best, I could afford to buy a couple of pieces at Walmart or a thrift store. So this fantasy of being a better version, I say that with a grin on my face because in no way was I a better version of myself, but the draw was, you know, a better version of me who looked better, who dressed better, who had a better house. All the things that I couldn't do in my real life, I was able to act out in this virtual world. And I remember over the years of being there and interacting with lots of different people, having relationships with lots of different people there, I almost forgot that I had a real life. Like real life was just a annoyance, disruption to this other place that I wanted to spend all of my time in. It's really sad when I think about that trade that I talked about in the last episode, the the willing trade of my real life to a virtual one. But at the time, you couldn't have convinced me otherwise. Nothing anyone could have said to me would have pulled me away from it. The internet going down was the end of the world. I couldn't imagine how I was going to function without being able to log into my virtual reality. And this isn't the same thing as the VR headsets. This is, this is a program that you download on your computer and you walk around in it and you talk to people in it. But it was very immersive, very immersive, especially I found when I put on a headset it really blocks out what's going on around me in my real life. So now I want to look at a different type of game, which is a simulation game. So the best example is The Sims. And I used to play The Sims for many years too and between all this other stuff that I was playing and I used to get very attached to the little sims that I created it's a bit like being God and creating this little sims family and watching them carry out their daily activities and it's funny because I used to sit for hours watching their lives play out on my computer, but not having any interest in doing those menial tasks in my real life world, like taking a shower, washing the dishes, going to work. All of that was boring in my real world, but in The Sims, it was, I could sit and watch those little characters do that all day long and just watch their lives play out. Maybe it was the sense of being like a godlike figure in their lives, but it got very connected to them like you would a pet. And watching generations of these little Sims families 
spring up the longer that you kept playing the game. And I could spend hours playing that. So when I really look at those three genres of game, which were primarily the types of games I played, MMO, VR, and simulation, the connecting thread to all three of them was escape from reality. And I think that for a lot of people, that is the draw. I mean, there's a lot of other trappings. There's a lot of other things that that would keep somebody online for hours on end. But there has to be something going on in your real life that just doesn't fit with your idea of how things should be. I mean, at least that's the case for me. I've never been rich. I've never had much confidence. My friend circles were always very small. I would never call myself popular. I was definitely a loner. The kid in grammar school that was bullied. And I know that I was representative of many people out there who were on the fringes of society, always feeling misunderstood, perhaps had very unhappy home lives. Now, that's not to say that that's the profile of every gamer out there, but I do think it describes a lot of us and why we would trade our real lives for an online game or an online experience. I mean, some people spend hours playing Candy Crush on their phones. You can get addicted to dating websites. <laughs> In my experience, it's possible to get addicted to anything, but there is something specific about what the internet offers in terms of games, in terms of community, in terms of checking out of real life that can be very concerning for some people. And gaming, and we're going to use that as the, the, the umbrella for a lot of activities that you can do online. Gaming, I think, is the most destructive because I think it can claim people who don't normally have addictive personalities. And there is this idea that only people who are prone to addiction would get addicted to something online. And I don't believe in my experience that that's true. And I could be wrong, and I am definitely open to being corrected on this in the future. But for now, I'm drawing on my own experience and my own observations online. And what I've heard people say when they play Xbox or when they play PlayStation, people that go to the gym and have very high-powered jobs, there's still this level of addiction involved in playing games. And one thing that I did leave out in this conversation is the entertainment value. 
But I think the problem is when entertainment becomes obsession, when entertainment becomes something else, it morphs into a different entity that starts to control your life. I come from a generation where I experienced life pre-internet and post-internet. Well, not post-internet, but being a child of the 80s, we did not have the type of access to internet and gaming that kids today do. So when I was from age 6 to 13, I was generally outside playing with my friends. And we would use our imaginations to make fun. To go from that to 30 years later becoming somebody who is addicted to her computer, addicted to her console, who is just rushing through her day to get back to her online fantasy world. It's a unique generation to be in. As I mentioned in the last episode, you know, I did have access to arcade games and Atari and early console games, but I wasn't so enthralled with that as some of my peers were at the time. I can't even begin to imagine how I would have gotten through four years of college had I had World of Warcraft available to me at the time. I don't think I would have made it, quite honestly. So this draw for me is always about what's missing in my real life that I find in an online game. It doesn't matter the genre. It doesn't matter the type. If it takes me out of my reality, I'm in. Sign me up. So when it became so destructive in my life, when I could bear to lift my head up and look at the reality of my real world and admit to myself, that I had wasted almost 20 years of my life online with nothing to show for it. None of those relationships worked out. None of those accomplishments were anything that I could bring into my real world and say, hey, I did this, this matters. It didn't matter. It didn't matter for anything in the real world. And again, the amount of people that became professional gamers and earned millions of dollars doing it was a very small pool of people. It's not impossible, but it wasn't my reality in the gaming world. It really was, for me, just a destructive, all-consuming force in my life. I had to find an alternative draw to this real world in order to change my life. 
I had to find that sense of accomplishment in my real life in order to be able to put the games away and live in reality. And I think that that's going to be the challenge for a lot of other people too, who are finding that their online existence is threatening their real-life jobs or their real-life families. We have to find a way to bring meaning into our real lives so that we don't need a game to give it to us. Is it possible to have a healthy online gaming life and still live a vibrant real life? I'm sure it is for some people. It just isn't that way for me. And that's what I'm sharing in this podcast is ways to identify what is healthy and what isn't for you and for me. Thank you for spending this 30 or so minutes today. I do have a website that is still in the process of being tweaked and made to work well. www.therlproject.com So this podcast is part of a larger project to support adults transitioning from online lives to reality again. So if that is something that you feel you need or would benefit from, please check out my website. Feel free to review or follow this podcast. It's certainly very appreciated if you do. Have a great day and enjoy your life.